You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 383. Well, uh, I would think about it every day, you know, something I thought about. It, I'm like, you know, I don't have a marketing budget anymore. How can I get back into this and actually follow through? I was like, well, I have to conquer, you know, what am I most scared of? That was really talking to people. So um, I didn't have a marketing budget. I'm like, how can I do this? So really, I jumped back in and started cold calling. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hey guys, before we get started with the podcast today, I want to tell you about a very special contest we're running just for you, our listeners. I am so excited. So what we're going to do is we are going to fly down three people to spend two full days with me in sunny Florida, where we're going to review either your wholesaling business, your current business, or we are going to work like heck to get you your first deal. And all you've got to do to earn one of those seats is so simple. It's so easy. Just go to iTunes. I want you to find the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, and I want you to rate and review this awesome podcast that is changing so many people's lives. And I want you to send a picture of that review to Darren at wholesalinginc.com. That's Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N at wholesalinginc, wholesalinginc.com. Send a picture of that review and we're going to choose three lucky people to come down to Florida and spend two full days with me. You guys, it's going to be an awesome adventure. You can't buy this seat. It's only for reviewing the podcast. Thank you for your review. Hopefully we get five stars. Either way, I will see you very soon in Florida. You're listening to another episode here at Wholesaling Inc. And I'm super excited to be with you guys. Let's get going and rock and roll. For those of you that are new to the podcast, first and foremost, I want to say welcome to the number one wholesaling real estate podcast in the nation. We call ourselves Rhino Nation, all the listeners here. So thank you for joining us. And we will be talking about wholesaling, which is simply the art of finding deeply discounted properties that you can then turn for huge profits. So the main thing you can do on this podcast, because this podcast won't do anything for you unless you start learning to take massive, imperfect action. So while you listen to this podcast, I want you to do something. I want you to get out a pen, get out a piece of paper, or maybe get out your computer to write down notes, however you take notes. But I want you to write down one action item that you learned from this podcast today and get out there and start taking massive, imperfect action. Don't go research any more than just what the action you write down. Don't go to YouTube University and get stuck there. Just get out and take action. So today, we are going to be breaking down a wholesale deal. We have a rock star rhino that just recently did their first deal. His name's Brendan Harvey. He's from Brooksville, Florida. And he's going to share some stories about how it's been for him. He's going to get real with you. He's going to get vulnerable with you. So let's rock and roll and let's get Mr. Brendan Harvey live with us. How you doing, my man? Good, Cody. How you doing? Good. So tell me, where's Brooksville, Florida? So Brooksville is about 40 miles north of Tampa. 40 miles north of Tampa. Perfect. And with wholesaling, you've been doing it for, let's call it, what, 10 months? And you just yes, came sir. across your first deal. 
what got you involved first and foremost? What like listeners always like to know, like what were you doing beforehand and what made you think you wanted to get involved in wholesaling? So um, I come from a construction background. I've pretty much worked construction since I was 18 years old, industrial construction. Uh, I had a great job, worked my way up the, the ladder. And uh, I mean, I was making 100K a year before this. I come from a family of, you know, nine to five uh, hardworking people. Not really. I'm the first entrepreneur. So that's pretty much where I come from. Wow. As far as career. So let's talk about this. Let's start breaking this down and give them a real look. What was it like for the first? I mean, when you got involved in wholesaling, you decided to make the, the choice to jump in in February about 10 months ago. Has it been something that you did full-time right out of the gates, or is it something that you did part-time? No, I was I had a full-time job, especially right right when I started out um, in wholesaling. I was working about 70 hours a week, so it was really tough. I remember I would be you know out in the field uh, working and trying to listen to the the weekly calls we would have and and try to get involved with those. And I got switched to night shift. I uh, I worked real hard for one deal. I lost it, and that kind of that kind of made me back away for a little bit. You know, I I blew my marketing budget. I was I was pretty down and out about it, and um, I pretty much felt like I had quit. For let's a few hold months. on. Let's dig into this a little bit. I think this will resonate with so many people to let them know that when you get involved in anything new, wholesaling, rentals fix and flip, whatever it is, a new Amazon dropship business, whatever entrepreneurship is is tough. It's not easy. And so I don't want to paint this like unicorns and rainbow story that, hey guys, you're going to get involved in wholesaling and everyone's going to succeed. It's going to be amazing. Can you? Yes. Is there ways to make it your biggest chance possible succeeding? Yes. And so tell us what that looked like. You say you almost gave up. Like For how long did you pull away and say, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. Well, it was probably for about three or four months. Um, you know, I pretty much didn't do anything. I did think about it every single day. You know, it was like, what am I doing? You know, I had a plan. I need to get back to it. So what really happened was is I just had a lot of fear. I was, I was scared. You know, I got to where when I was calling back, uh, you know, people from mailers, I would listen to the voicemail, and if it didn't sound like a good lead, I just wouldn't call them because I was that scared. Holy cow. So and, uh, do you think – let's like kind of stop even right there. I just know from my own business and, and just talking with many individuals across the nation that in your mind, are you knowing, crap, I could have let go a lot of deals on the ones that I didn't even call back because sometimes you actually don't even know the motivation until you start calling them. So do you feel like, oh man, now looking back, I bet you I lost out on some deals. Oh yeah, I'm sure I did. And even when I hopped back in it, I, you know, I tried to recover the deals and the, the program I was using call rail, they had lost, you know, they had a, uh, like a blackout oh, for geez. that period. So I couldn't even get the, the info back, but I mean, I, I got back into it. I got some motivation. Nice. nice. So what got you back? So let's say you're at this moment, your budget is gone for marketing dollars. You've quit for three to four months. What got you back? Because at that point, sometimes it's easier to just keep going down that road. And I think this would be beneficial for everyone listening on this podcast. Like there's moments, in fact, even me, even Tom, even Brent Daniels, everyone, they have moments of of doubt. They have moments of fear. They have moments of quitting and, and, and just saying, I'm done. 
And the difference between the good and the great are the great don't give up. So what gave you the motivation after quitting for three to four months to say, you know what, I got to get back in? Well, uh, I would think about it every day. You know, something I thought about it. I'm like, you know, I don't have a marketing budget anymore. How can I get back into this and actually follow through? I was like, well, I have to conquer, you know, what am I most scared of? That was really talking to people. So um, I didn't have a marketing budget. I'm like, how can I do this? So really, I jumped back in and started cold calling just to conquer my fear of talking to people. I didn't have a, a budget to market. I already had all the lists pulled from previous. So I just skipped trace them and started cold calling. And that kind of it was really scary. But uh, I mean, it really once I realized it wasn't that bad, um, I just continued on with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so let's start breaking this down. We are known for the no fluff, no BS zone. So now let's break this down. Let's break down this deal that you just recently did. Let's help our listeners understand what is it that they can learn and take away from your deal that will allow them to get one step closer to their first deal. So let's, let's go with it. You ready for this? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay, Brandon. So here's where I'll start. Where did you find this lead? What list was it coming from? And what was your marketing channel that you were using to get to these individuals? So this was a high equity absentee owner list. Okay. And it was a cold call. And where did you get the list from? List source. List source. So the beautiful thing for those that are listening, members of the tribe that are listening, the biggest discount that ever exists with list source we have. And so members of the tribe get that at a very, very small, 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 like like 97% off discount <laughs> with list count. So list source. So you went out there, you get this list, and then how did you market to them? Um, I would just cold call each individual on the list. This one in particular, it was actually a follow-up call. They didn't answer the first time. Once I followed up with them, it wasn't even the owner of the house. It was her husband. And he he pretty much acted like they had no interest in selling. I just kind of said, okay, you know, how about uh how about you give me your email and I'll I'll shoot you an offer anyway. Just and if you're interested, you can email me back. So he gave me his email. Okay. It happened to be the wrong email. So I had to call him back the next day and say, <laughs> hey, you know, you know, this email isn't going through. Well, I sent it to him. I just sent him an offer at 60% of the Zillow price. Uh-huh. And he wrote me back and said, you know, me and my wife may be interested in this offer if you could come up to a few thousand. So I, you know, I looked at it, I ran the numbers, I told him, you know, I'd like to see the property, but if you can lock it up at this price, we can go ahead and lock it up. So all this is taking place by just simply a cold call that didn't answer. You cold call them again, they answer. And I love that you're sharing this story because we've all heard the story and there might be many on this podcast listening like, crap, I've heard that story before where they're not interested. And I didn't think about sending them an offer because they said they're not interested. The fact that he gave you an email is interesting enough to say, I'm not interested. But yeah, email me over an offer. You're not yeah. going to give your email to someone if there's not some motivation there. So you you end up getting his email address. That already starts to let you know, man, maybe there is something here, even though he said there's nothing here. And then you did something simple. This is crucial. I think the number one question I get from anyone at any given time is, 
but I just don't know. Like I'm doing comps and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm, I'm just making sure like I, 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 I'm doing the right offer. And I looked at it and I pulled this and I pulled this and I pulled this. And now I don't know what to offer. And they start to overcomplicate it. And you did something so simple that I want each of you to write down. Now, this may be different in every market. But the fact of the matter is you just did a simple, simple, simple process. 60% of Zillow and sent out an offer. You can't get any simpler than this. Like that is the simplest way to just not overthink it, not overcomplicate it and get an offer in front of them and gets you a response back saying, hey, come up a little bit and we might be able to do something with this. So let's keep going. But I just want to make sure I point out some incredible simple steps that anyone listening can actually do today. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it was. I just wanted to take action. I knew I had to get it locked up and I would, you know, learn from my cash buyers basically if I if I had made a mistake. But, you know, it looked like a, a good deal. But this is where the story kind of turns a little bit. I sent it out to all my cash buyers, uh, email blast and set up an inspection date, a time and I get nothing. Nobody shows any interest. And I'm like, what the heck? Now, so what, yeah, back. what are the feelings going through your mind at this time? Are you thinking, crap, I've done this at too high of a price or crap, I don't have too many, I don't have enough cash buyers on my list? Like what was going through your head? Yes, I've already had to cancel a contract before this. So I was definitely terrified, you know, that that was going to happen again. So uh, what I do is I go through and check to see the open rate. And I keep looking through cash buyers that I know I've met personally that have told me they would be interested in specifically something like this. And I see that they haven't even opened my email. So then I just start calling each one of them. You know, if they don't answer, I send them a text with the information. Hold it right here. We're still going to mark now another thing. Listeners, Rhino Nation, write this down. Like this is crucial what he's saying. And I I don't want to go too fast over this. This is gold that he's sharing right now. Go through, I'm assuming you're using a mail service, maybe MailChimp. You're looking through it. You notice that X amount of people haven't even opened up their email and you didn't take, oh, they're not reaching back to me. So there's no deal. So I better cancel and I better walk away. You're taking this a step further. You're saying, no, 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 no. There's a lot of people having opened up this email. I'm going to start calling these individuals one by one and I'm going to text them one by one to let them know, here's a deal that I have. Are you interested? This is crucial. Brendan, keep going. Right. So I, I get in contact with about 20, 20 different cash buyers that have some interest. So I set up another inspection period, which now it wasn't easy because there were tenants in the property. So uh, I had to set it up at like 7.30 a.m. I had to do an inspection like the following day just in order to get people in there. So I'm like, OK, some people aren't going to show up, but let's try it out. Well, I ended up having about 10 cash buyers show up. Yep. And they all wanted it. You could tell they were just whispering and <laughs> grinning and just fighting over it pretty much. I, I ended up getting about four offers at the end of that day. So let's talk with what you put under contract for. What did you put the home under contract for? Uh, 110,000. 110,000. You get 10 cash buyers out there. They're, they're kind of like, oh man, this is a great little deal. I'd love to make an offer. Four people make an offer. And what does that end up looking like? What was your highest offer for that particular property? Well, I, I sent it out for 117000 because okay. I didn't get any, any bites for the first, the first time. So I lowered it a little bit from 120 to 117. So that's what everyone had in mind when they came out to the property. Yep. And then at the end 
of the inspection day, I had my highest offer was one hundred and twenty-four thousand. Oh, I'm writing this note so I don't forget a point here. Get them. Okay, you did a fourteen k, if my math is right, a fourteen k assignment on this deal. Is that correct? That's right. Bro, Brandon, before I point out this tip that you just shared that is gold, I am going to do something that you know is coming and it's coming for you, my man. So you hold on one second. Yeah, baby. Been waiting on that. You have been waiting 10 months on this victory bell. (laughs) Now you've heard it. But I want to point out something absolutely crucial. So first, Brandon, this is amazing. You've done things on your first deal that probably many don't even learn to do until they're like 5th, 6th, 10th deal, 15th deal, 20th deal. And some people don't even learn ever what you just shared. And that is you had zero interest at 120. Now, listen to this. This is crucial. Zero interest at 120. No one showed interest. Lowered it down to 117. Had some people now interested. And then 10 people come out to the property. And now here's the interesting thing. It ends up assigning for more than what his first initial asking was. It ends up selling for four thousand higher than what he was initially asking, which is one hundred and twenty thousand. He sells it for one twenty four. Here's something you have to learn from this experience. From email, it's hard to get people interested, so you got to send it out at a price that just makes them get to the property. This is a true, true learning moment for anyone listening on the podcast. Mark your price at a price that gets people to the property. Let the property sell the deal, not you through an email. You just have to make it exciting enough to get people to show up to the inspection. If you can get people to show up, get ready. That's when the sky's the limit on the price. And it ended up going for more than what he was asking in the initial email of 120. Why? Because they got to the property. That is incredible knowledge. Whether you knew you did that or not, that is incredible knowledge that you just shared for our listeners. My man, 14,000. What does this do for your, your, like just your spirit? What does this do to your motivation, your drive, your determination going forward now that you've done your first deal? Well, I mean, it's, it's like y'all say on the podcast all the time. It's, it's real now, you know, it's uh, from faith to fact. That's right. I was able to quit my job. I, you know, I made a commitment that when I, if I got a deal over 10 K, I was going to quit and, uh, quit, quit just poking the bear and actually dive in. And uh, <laughs> that's what I've been doing. I get to spend a lot more time with my family and I've got a lot, a lot more in the pipeline. So it's been amazing. Now the goal is you've got a pipeline, but the goal is when you close on that deal, which you closed on that, you put some money back into marketing and double down and start getting this going, especially, especially now that you have this going full time. Oh, yes, sir. Dude, absolutely. I love it. I love it. So here's what I want to do in ending our podcast. We always ask two questions. I know you're aware of them. So I'm going to ask you the first one. What is a good book that you've read recently or over the last 10 months since you've been in the tribe? That's been game changing and with your mindset or helped you just improve who you are? I'm really, really mindset on, you know, seeing the difference between, you know, everyone who, who's just in the rat race compared to people who, who want to be an entrepreneur and make some, some real money and have some real time. I would say a cash flow quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki, a really good book. Phenomenal book. What was it? What's the one gold nugget that you could share that would say why you like that book so much? Um, it's just, it just takes perspective from being a nine to five worker 
to being a small business owner to being an investor and then actually, you know, working at, at a 10,000 foot level instead of working on your business instead of in your business. So that's really what I liked about that book. I love it. Working from the left side of the quadrant over to the right side. So I love it. That's a great book. Uh, we've interviewed Kiyosaki here on this podcast and we had him on, uh, we put that same interview on the, the YouTube channel, but amazing, amazing information in that book. I also would recommend Cashflow Quadrant. Now, the second question, Brendan, is knowing what you know now, looking back, what would you have done differently? Um, differently, I would have just done what you and Cody told me to do. Me and Tom? Not, I mean, you, you and Tom <laughs> told me to do that. I mean, that's really what it was. Just forget about the fear and just do it and it works. I love it. I love it. So do you feel like you were your biggest obstacle that it was you that was actually in your way? It wasn't your marketing. It wasn't competition. It wasn't anything other than you were in your own way. Yes, absolutely. I was in my own way. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Brendan, I want to thank you so much for being on this podcast. You shared some golden tips in here that everyone can take away and I hope they did because that's the power of this podcast. This podcast will not do anything for you. It's not a silver bullet. What's the silver bullet is what you listen to is acting on it and take the action, imperfect action for that matter, and let it lead you to a result that will then lead you to your next question of what you need to figure out. But so many times we take this, we try to build a perfect plan and it doesn't exist. How perfect was your plan to be an actual reality? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely about being imperfect. And just uh, a little gold nugget for new listeners that uh, are thinking about getting into wholesaling. Wholesaling, in my opinion, you know, you learn in school about gateway drugs. Well, wholesaling is the gateway drug into real estate. If you start wholesaling and you can find deals, you can do anything in real estate you want to do, whether it be fix and flip, buy and hold. It doesn't matter. It all starts with a discounted property. I 100% keep going. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was just saying, if you learn how to find a deeply discounted property, then you can do anything you want. Build capital and uh, sky's the limit in real estate. So, so, so true. Brendan, thank you so much for being on this podcast today. I know you're busy. I know right now that it's not going to air till after Thanksgiving, but right now as we're speaking and recording, it's the day before Thanksgiving. So I know there's busy times coming up with this holiday, but thank you so much for being on here, sharing some wisdom and helping our listeners know how they can get one step closer to their first deal. Not a problem, Cody. Thank you for having me on here. Okay, Rhino Nation. What an incredible, incredible, incredible individual, Brendan Harvey, who just shared step-by-step how he did his first deal. And because of that, was able to share some gold nuggets that will help each one of you get one step closer to your first deal or even your next deal. So get out there, take massive, imperfect action, and act upon the things that you heard today. Get out of your own way. It's just these, you got to get over your fears. He had these real fears, but then he realized they were fake. They were nothing. He just had to get over, overcome them. He had to, to get out of his own way to go find his deal. So let this story sink deep with all of us to get out there and just take massive imperfect action so we can go out there and get our first deal, our next deal. And if you want help, just like Brendan did, help building your wholesaling business, head on over to wholesalinginc.com fill out an app and get on the phone with either myself or someone on my team so we can begin to have the conversation to see if it's a good fit. And I will see each one of you on the next podcast episode. Take care. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.